from the Stereo Sound Record Studios, your home for the best in unsigned and indie punk, rock, and metal. This is The Mosh Pit with your host, Wes Everett. Gamer Girl. Welcome to the Mosh Pit. I'm your host, Wes Everett. I'm here with my guest from Patterns of Decay. What's going on, everybody? I'm Matt Starrett, play guitar in Patterns of Decay. Hey, man. How you been? I've been doing all right, man. Can't complain. Just uh, pretty crappy weather out here up in Long Island, but uh, trying to get through the weekend. Just going to relax and uh, play some Resident Evil 4. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Good. So y'all got the bad weather today. We had it last night. So, oh, yeah. You know, it all balances out. Sure. <laughs> um, let's talk about your uh, your new album. What you guys... Um, so you said it's been out for a year. Yeah, um, man. 
what's what's it been like having that out there for the general public for them to hear it you know what's been the feedback on that i mean it's just been a really cathartic experience in general uh it was an album that we put together during the pandemic um which was greatly affected by the pandemic in you know regards to content and regards to you know just how many songs we ended up putting on the album um it kind of gave us space to breathe whereas we were about to go into the studio with only like four or five songs it would have been an ep pretty much and then uh everything went down and so we kind of had more time to just like focus on it and make it the best album it possibly could be so i mean to have it out there you know for almost pretty much a year at this point it'll be a year in april um you know it's just been a really great experience seeing how people react to it people seem to really enjoy it we just put out a a music video last month um for our single of famine and plague and the response to that's been really great metal injection picked it up so that was pretty cool um so yeah man we've been uh really fortunate and um but we're looking to you know start new music and get back out there again very cool are you guys have you already written anything for the next I have album. a few things I'm demoing. Dan, our other guitarist, he has uh, stuff he's working on as well. Um, we had a bass interlude on the last album. We're hoping that, you know, Jesse can maybe do some sort of sequel to that. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 been nice having everybody kind of like work on their own stuff and, you know, be interested in writing music again because it's been a while. You know, I mean, I think the last songs we wrote were like three years ago and then you know, the world fell apart and then, you know, it just took so much time getting it out there, but now we're kind of back in the swing of writing and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how that, you know, how it comes together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Um, So during that downtime from, you know, the whole pandemic lockdown, did you guys do any writing during that time or was it just more focused on getting that album out and pushing it? So, I mean, we had had like maybe a half finished album prior to the pandemic. And I think during it, we were able to get our final crop of songs kind of polished off. And, um, you know, it, it was really, we had the benefit of taking our time because nobody was really doing anything for a while and releasing music almost seemed counterproductive, especially for us when we hadn't released anything since 2018. And, um, you know why would we put stuff out there if we can't even play shows right um so you know it it really helped us kind of hone the whole sound of the album and kind of give it its own a different personality i think than it would have had had we released it prior to the pandemic i got you that makes sense that definitely makes sense because yeah there really wasn't anything to do back then was there no not, not too much yeah <laughs> just kind of hang out and wait play guitar yeah I got like six of them. I never did actually play, but <laughs> I've got them though. I collected them. <laughs> well, I mean, that's cool too. You know, they look nice. That's right. They do. You um, know, yours aren't covered in sweat, whereas mine are gross at this point. You know, I play one show and the whole thing, you know, it's soaked. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine are still uh, fairly pristine. There you sadly, go. sadly. You An know. investment, man. You know, I mean, you flip those when you're like 50 and you need some cash. There you go. There you go. I mainly keep them around so that maybe when bands come in and I'm not doing these virtual interviews that, mm. you know, they can just pick one up if they didn't bring theirs like responsible musicians. 
<laughs> Amen. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, good assumption to make. I've, I've had to loan out equipment to many responsible musicians. <laughs> so let's talk about your newest single. You guys, you said you've got one. Well, yeah, uh, A Famine and Plague. We just put out a, a music video for it. We shot that with Washed Up Media. He also did the video for our previous single, Chrysalis. Um, he's super talented very good to the local scene in long island and uh his name is sean ageman really talented director uh goes by washed up media we're actually he's putting on a show uh april 28th amityville music hall if you're in the area man come on by uh but we'll be we'll be opening that one up with a couple other really good bands but um yeah this latest single you know we weren't sure what direction we wanted to go with it as far as you know how we wanted it shot we knew we wanted to do a performance video and not do a story because it was only a three minute song so we really couldn't we didn't have the time like mm -hmm. we did with our other videos to kind of do a story portion and a performance portion but um we found this cool kind of like gutted room that our other friends were turning into a performance space but like so it was before all the construction was really going down so everything just looked really bare and uh you know skeletal and so we were lucky and we, we shot it in there and it looked really cool. The video came out great. And I think a lot of people really enjoyed it too. Um, we worked with uh, C squared who actually helped us set up this interview um, to uh, get that premiered on metal injection. So they helped us out as well. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it, it was a cool, it was like a little bit of a rejuvenation for us, you know, cause it had been a while since we had put out a single and uh just seeing people react to it it was it was nice you know it kind of relights the fires oh yeah oh yeah you know that's awesome about using the um the unfinished room and stuff we've actually got a sister basement right next door to our studio that's mm -hmm. unfinished and nice. i've talked to bands about dude y'all should shoot a video in here because it would look great yeah yeah <laughs> i was taking me up on jet it's a pretty successful recipe for a good metal music video you have an unfinished room you have a bunch of hairy dudes and there you go yeah yeah and it's yeah. very grungy over there yeah. Grungy. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the aesthetic you're going for, man. Exactly. I mean, this one would look that way if I didn't have to, you know, have people in. <laughs> um, so you're playing the uh, April 28th show? Yes. Yeah. Amityville Music Hall. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be headlined by a band called Lost Becomes. And uh, we've known some of those guys for, for years at this point. The guy, Sean Ageman of Washed Up Media, actually plays drums for them um and then we have some out-of-town bands on that as well that we're excited to see uh another local band resistor is on that that show as well so it's gonna be a good time uh we're expecting a lot of people to come out and uh and just party and we're opening so pressure's off we're gonna get nice and drunk after we're done and just enjoy the rest of the night there you go yeah. well uh tag us in it we'll help share yeah, sure. it. we'll help get you know the word out and get more people there i appreciate that that's dope patterns of decay of famine and plague.
Um, so what has been one of your favorite live shows to play? I always like to ask these questions. Uh, that's a good question. Um, recently, we've had a, a couple of good ones, but I think our album release show last April was really top-notch for me. You know, we had some really great bands on it with us, and it was just nice that it was finally out there. You know, I think that more than anything kind of just gave me the energy to perform and really, um, I don't know, just live in that moment it, it was great i would say that show and the show that was our first show back from the pandemic because people were really hungry to get out again the room was packed like the audience response was really good and that just kind of like just reminded me of all these things that were kind of put on pause for a few years and it really validated what we were doing you know just uh it's like all right this is this is why we were doing this you know, this feeling is is electric when you're up there on stage and, you know, we almost lost it. So it's something we really cherish now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to take live shows for granted anymore after that. Definitely not, man. I was at one like maybe three weeks ago. I went to see Norma Jean mm. and, uh, you know, I, I was <laughs> I, I turned to my friend and I'm like, I'm going to go a little crazy during this set because I don't know how many of these I got left you know, personally as, as physically, but also just, you don't know. So, you know, I'm trying to treat every show like it's my last at this point. That's cool, man. That's cool. I, and I love hearing the passion from the bands when they talk about, you know, our live show and the crowd was into it and they were singing back or they were just moshing and making noise. And it was great. Yeah, man. It's, it's a good feeling. Like uh, our last show we just played, you know, I was up there. We, we were in the middle of the set. You know, maybe they don't know us as well in that area, but, you know, people were taking out their phones and I was like, sick. You know, people are feeling this. It's nice. Yeah. It's a good feeling. Dude, that's killer, man. That's killer. Um, let's talk about your uh, your biggest challenge as a band. Um, what's been some of your obstacles you've had to overcome? Sure. I think scheduling is is always tough. You know, just getting the five of us in a room together um it's not always so easy you know especially as you get older your priorities change you know whereas when you were in your 20s you know the band is like you know right up there man that's what you're doing and then it's just like no i gotta pay for things now it's, you know it's, it's calm down um so you know we're we're a little bit more uh reserved with certain things um but you know <sighs> Another challenge we faced was that, you know, we kept finding ourselves on shows that we felt didn't really fit us. We would be either the heaviest band on the show or it just wouldn't be the right genre of metal. You know, that, I, that's been kind of a challenge. Um, but recently we've been pretty lucky in getting on lineups that are more appropriate for us and getting us in front of more people. I think we're we have a problem with getting ourselves out there enough um we're all a bunch of anxious dudes we don't really go outside of our comfort zone when we're at a show you're going to see the five of us talking to each other and not really you know we have a, a lot of social anxiety in this band but um so that's been hard i think just getting the patterns of decay name out there because i find that when people do listen to us they end up enjoying us and it's just you know with youtube with the internet you're one of a million bands and yeah. it's just, you gotta, you gotta break through that noise. And that's, a, I think the biggest challenge we've probably faced as a band. 
That makes sense. I mean, it, it's hard to overcome that social anxiety because sure. I've got it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's tough. It, it really is. And dude, I used to be one of those. I didn't even talk to the bands when I first started this. I wouldn't even go talk to the bands. Yeah, I was just like, maybe they'll wander back here and I'll grab them. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm very much still like that. I'm, you know, I'm on my phone. I'm doing my own thing. You know, it's it's hard to put yourself out there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think self-esteem has a lot to do with it, but it's just uh, it's not the kind of industry where you can afford to really be a loner. You do mm. need to rely on the other people around you um, yeah. because they're going to build you up. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is one of those that you can't just, you know, do everything yourself. You, even though you want to, you want to do all of it. You want to do everything yourself, Yeah, but you have to take that step back and go, I'm going to need some help on this. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't be an Island. You can't, you just have to be able to rely on others. And unfortunately you find along the way that some people can't be relied upon, but that's all a part of the process. It is. It definitely is. Um, let's flip that coin. What's been your biggest accomplishment as a band? I think just working together and and finding a sound that we all really enjoy. Um, I bring a certain sound to the table. Our other guitarist, Dan, brings a different sound to the table. Everybody else kind of complements that. So everybody's bringing their own perspective on aggressive and heavy music to the, you know, to the band. I think that's really helped us craft our sound. I think it's really helped us motivate ourselves to continue and push ourselves to become better at our instruments. And, um, you know, there have been a number of times where we played a show and somebody will come up to us and be like, you know, so what do you call that? And it's just like, well, you know, I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel here, but we're putting our own personal spin on the music. And I think that resonates with certain people. So I would think that's our strength is just our, you know, uniqueness and uh, just the ability to, you know, write music that we all enjoy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's the point, right? You know, yeah, if you're exactly. writing music that you hate, or if you're just writing music <laughs> to make the crowd move, you know, it's it's lame, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you you've got to have the passion for it, and you also have to want to do it. Sure, of course. I mean, that's with anything, really. But right, the minute it's not fun, that's when I'm hanging it up. And mm -hmm. I've been close. I got to admit, on a few occasions, it wasn't fun. But at the end of the day, when you come back to it and you're, you're playing a song with four other people and it, it comes together and it sounds the way it's supposed to sound, it's just you can't can't match that feeling. Nope, you can't. You absolutely can't. And dude, I've been in the same place. This podcast, yeah. I've almost shut this thing down like three times. Yeah, man. It's just like, what's the point? But then I get one of those interviews like today. I got a killer <laughs> guest with me. And I'm like, dude, this is this is what this is about. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta remember that you love it at, mm -hmm. at some point. You know, I mean, it, it you can't let it become work, but you know, at some point, it, it will challenge you, and uh, you have to decide whether or not your mental health is being affected adversely. And if that's the case, then you know, get the fuck out, do something else. Oh yeah, <laughs> go outside, touch some grass. Suitor, bad love.
Absolutely. And, you know, it never hurts to take a break. Never yeah. hurts. Yeah, you could always revisit something. That's one of those things that I had to learn the hard way. It's like, I'm not loving this anymore. Step back. Yeah. Go play some video games. Right. <laughs> I just got a new one the other day, actually. Oh, what'd you get? Um, Actually, technically, it's not new. Um, I've decided I'm not going to buy a PS5. Oh, I okay. I don't have time to play anyway. So what I'm yeah, doing is sure. I'm going back through the back catalog of PS3 <laughs> and PS4 games. Okay. And getting the ones I missed. All right. Fair enough. So I just grabbed Folklore, the one that oh. was like a launch title for the PS3. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, that sounds familiar. Like but for some reason I can't put my finger on it. It's kind of got that JRPG feel okay. to it. It sure. It's kind of cool. It, it kind of feels Alice Madness Returns. Uh-huh. It's kind of got that feel to it. Okay. But yeah, it was definitely worth it. I was like, hey, you know what? There's a good deal on it. I'm going to get it. So. I caved and I bought a PS5. And yeah, yeah I um, I don't regret it. 
not yet. <laughs> not I got my yet. tax returns. So like that kind of helped. It was just like, all right, I have this extra money lying around now. There you so go. The government bought me a PS5. And uh, and that was nice. And uh, I'm playing Dead Space right now in Resident Evil 4. So I'm kind of like balancing my horror games. And it's great. I mean, those aren't technically new games either, but they got a fresh coat of paint and uh, some new voice acting. And it's it's those are games that should have been remade. And they I think so far the remakes have been really faithful. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a big gamer in my spare time when I should be playing guitar I'm playing video games, unfortunately, but it is what it is. I know that feeling. I probably could have learned to play guitar during the pandemic, but <laughs> I had spare time to play video games. I hadn't yeah, man, played in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I had to play the whole Bioshock series over again during the pandemic, you know? And you know, uh, I skipped that one. That's the oh, one that's, I skipped. <laughs> that's what's up, man. I would recommend that. Like the first game that spoke to me, that mm-hmm. like changed my perspective on video games. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. These are different now. These aren't just like, you know, this is a yeah. story. And uh, I fell in love with that. That game is great. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I've actually got a uh, retro pie. Um, one of the little console, the little guys that you can play yeah. all the way back to like Atari and all that. That's awesome. I end up play. I end up playing it more than I do my PS4. <laughs> it's Some easier. Of those old games, they scratch an itch that, you know, the new games really can't. They do. They do. And um, now are you a, are you a horror game kind of guy? I mean, not typically. However, some of my favorite games have horror elements to them. But like Dead Space, yes. Uh, yeah. The Resident Evil series, yes, absolutely. But like, like Outlast, I never played that. I never played like Evil Within or like uh, Fatal Frame. You know, like those mm-hmm. games. Um, but I think the horror needs to like be present, but not be super in your face for me. Yeah. You know. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff out there. Well, what, what do you recommend? Um, if you've got a PS2, <laughs> yeah, uh, there's actually a game. It's it's along the Fatal Frame style. It was mm-hmm. originally supposed to be like Clock Tower Four, I think. Oh, but okay. it's a it's a game called um, Haunting Ground, uh-huh. and they only put it in print for so long. It's out of print now, and a good copy will run you about four hundred dollars. Jesus, <laughs> dude! I found this game in two thousand seven. At an mm-hmm. EB Games back when it was EB, just before yeah, they yeah. went to yeah, and I was like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get this because I bought a stack of games, you know, twenty bucks for like four, whatever. Yeah, right. Well, I get home, play it, beat it. I'm like, all right, well, I think I'm done. I'm gonna trade it in. So I traded it in, and I don't know. It was like two days later, I wanted to play it again. Yeah. So I headed back up, and of course, I paid you know twice what I bought it originally for. So I paid like ten sure. bucks for it. I got it home and looked online and it was out of print. Just the disc by itself will run you $300. That's insane. I was like, Ooh, I'm gonna hold on to this. I'm really lucky. Yeah. (laughs) EB didn't know what they had. No, they didn't. Why they closed down. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, we don't miss them actually. No, not really. (laughs) We barely tolerate GameStop. Are you serious? (laughs) Uh, Last time I traded in games, I took a stack. I mean, a stack of games and scanned them in. And they go, we'll give you $7 for all of them. Yeah. I was like, $7. I was like, no, I'll just take them home. They go, oh, they're already scanned the system. You can't. I was like, well, I'll buy them back for $7. They go, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This one here is worth 18. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When they sell it, it's worth 18. When you sell it, it's garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Your math is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I failed math and I know your math is bad. (laughs) 
Um, let's get back to this wonderful sure. interview here. <laughs> Little detour on video games. I'll talk about video games all day long. You don't got to, you know, you don't got to hey. twist my arm. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> um, so let's talk about your goals for the next 12 months. What do you got coming out? What do you got coming up? What do you want to accomplish in 12 months? Sure. Uh, so for the next 12 months, I want to put this new album to rest, essentially. Um, I want to release a video for at least one more single. Uh, maybe also get a some sort of visualizer going for the bass interlude that we have, because I think that's a great track. Um, you know, and then start really moving into demo mode for the new, you know, whatever our new release will be. Um, I know I have three songs right now that are more or less done guitar wise. And I want to just take them and tighten them up, make them the best songs they possibly can be. And then maybe work on an EP instead of another album. Um, I, I, I like releasing albums. Don't get me wrong, but I think EPs when you're at the local level, is more cost effective and just you know you can release music i think a little bit more often than you would otherwise and you know remind people hey you're still here and like you know here's two songs here's three songs here's four songs here and there instead of we just dropped 12 songs last year and uh you know that could be pretty overwhelming to some people um i think you need to keep things a little bit more bite-sized for the type of audience that's out there right now, especially with the internet and how people consume music uh, through streaming services. Um, You know, people might be less inclined to listen to whole albums now. I only recently started streaming music myself. I kept buying CDs until this year, until I finally said, all right, no more. And, uh, you know, I'm still listening to whole albums, but that just might be because I'm I'm an old man at this point. I don't know what the kids are doing, but... uh, I have a feeling that if we just stay the course and release EPs more consistently than an album, say every two or three years, it'll just help us keep our name out there. That makes sense. Um, Now, are you against the one song a month style that a lot of bands are going to now for that same reason? I mean, not, I'm not necessarily against it. We could have, we discussed it even with this past album that we put out. And we were like, well, we have 12 songs. That's a year of songs. But what I find is by the time the next month rolls around, we're not prepared to release another song. Um, You know, building up 12 months of content prior, you know, and planning everything out ahead of time. Mentally, we can't do that. We're we're way too scattered. Uh, I give a lot of props to the people who really take the time to plan out the social media and do things like that. And, uh, you know, if you can release a song a month, all the power to you. I just, uh, that's, that's too, too fast for me, you know? Yeah, no, I, I feel that, um, you know, going back to the listening to full albums. Ron Coolen featuring Keith St. John, heavy metal till I'm dead.
I'm an old guy right there with you because I like my full albums. I yeah. want to be able to take the time to consume it, get to feel for it. You know, Definitely. yeah. Whenever I get an album, I have to listen to it at least three times because mm-hmm. I don't know if I like it until those the, the third time around. You know, it's like when you start right. becoming familiar with certain parts of certain songs, you're like, yeah, okay, that's mm-hmm. sticking with me. And it's like, okay, I, I like this and this moves well from this song to this song. You know, you really. You can't just listen to an album once and then decide whether or not you like it. I don't think that's how it works. No, there there have been a couple that I've had to go back and listen to, like the first time I listened to it. And mm-hmm. I have a bad problem of I'll compare this album to their last one. Sure. And if their last one was like an out of the park home run killer song to song. And then this one, there's one song that's pretty good. And there's another song that's yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Then I'm already tuned out on the whole album because I'm like, yeah. this one's meh. 
that happened to me with the most recent uh every time i die album i listened to it the first time and then i was like okay yeah but i definitely like low teens more than i like radical and then i listened to it again and then all of a sudden i was listening to it like 15 16 times learning song from the album and i'm like yeah this is fucking this slaps this is a really good song uh album yeah. and uh yeah sometimes you know certain albums are gonna hook you right away and you'll be like yes this is this is it but others are are slow burns and you really do need to get the time to familiarize yourself with the uh, certain songs yeah oh yeah but you know you got guys like morgan wallen on the countryside dropping a 36 song album that's nuts. Like a grindcore <laughs> album? That's that's insane. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have time to listen to this. How do you fit that on on a record too? What is that like a quadruple album? Like it's uh you know, I, I'm just saying, if you got time to write all that stuff, you know, there are metal bands doing that shit too. Like um, oh, yeah. Bell Witch put out uh it was like a double album, you know, as above, so below. And uh, for Mirror Reaper, those are the two songs on Mirror Reaper. And I think each song is 45 minutes long. But it's just two tracks. And it's like a tool you know, album. <laughs> yeah, it's a little ridiculous. We were actually playing that album while we were filming one of our music videos. And it's like this really funeral doom kind of music. And at some point, people were like, all right, this is bumming me out. We got to we gotta change this up a little bit. <laughs> there you, yep, yep, exactly. But I think you're from kind of the same era that I am where – at one point, the single was not the safest. The single was the safest song on the album. Yeah, definitely. that was why it got radio play. That was why it got released. Yeah. And I used the, to get up. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. I was just gonna say the good songs were still on the album that hadn't been right. released to radio. Yeah, yeah. I used to get upset when I would listen to an album and I'd be like, "Oh, I really like this song," and then later on they would release it as a single, and I would be like, "Ah, oh, shit, I like the I like the radio song." <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean. You know, there's there's only so much that bands can put out there. Music videos cost a lot of money. So, you know, there's only so much that you can really put out on the radio and put out on the TV or whatever, you know, YouTube at this point. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on albums that just get uh, kind of passed over because they're not, you know, out there in the four. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the sad uh, truth of music right now. But, hey, that's why we're here, right? To talk exactly. about all those <laughs> um man i appreciate you sitting in on this interview i've had sure, a last chatting with you um maybe we could look at six months or so do a follow-up see how close you are to hitting those 12 uh those three goals for the 12 months sure, i'd be happy to talk about it okay we can catch up on what new video games you picked up hell yeah <laughs> now did you get the ps5 digital or the physical no, I got the physical because, like I said, I am an old man. So I was buying CDs up until recently. I'm still going to be buying physical copies of video games. You yeah. Know, something about having it. I don't care how much space it takes up. I just, I'd rather have it, you know? Yeah. Because at any point with digital, they could turn it off and be like, you don't own this anymore. You know, I mean, I know it seems a bit paranoid, but yeah, that's that's completely <laughs> on my mind the entire time. It's like, I don't actually own this, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know. It is what it is. We'll have to see. At some point, I might just throw up my hands and be like, all right, I'm just going to do the digital and, and forget about it. I'm afraid with the digital that I'm going to get carried away and I'll own every game out there because I can and it's easier. That's fair enough. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a concern of mine, too. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, I'm going through the PS store and I'm just like, all right, what's what's on sale? All right. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll spend six bucks on that. OK, ten bucks on that. No problem. Yeah, I don't even like this game, but I'll buy it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the DLC, if it's, you know, under five bucks, I'll get it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not paying $25 for DLC. Video game industry has their hooks in both of us, my friend. We're, uh, we're lifers. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. From the super Nintendo up. Yep. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, I guess, uh, plug your socials, tell everybody where they can find you guys. Sure, man. Uh, PatternsofDecay.com, our main website. That's where our web store is at. You can catch our merch on there. Uh, you can listen to some music on there as well. We got photos of our past shows, upcoming shows up on there as well. Uh, at Patterns of Decay Band on Instagram. That's the best way to get in contact with us. You want to hit us up, just send us a direct message. We'll get right back to you. Also, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Um, you know, pretty much all the relevant social media sites. Just search Patterns of Decay. We'll pop right up. We're the only one out there, which is nice. Nice. Yes. And that makes my job a lot easier for when I go to drop the show and tag you guys, I can tag you across all platforms and I don't have to do the whole, is this them? Is this patterns of decay? One is this. <laughs> it's uh, we've been fortunate that no one else really came up with that. There's a book about Shakespeare from the seventies that I found out was called patterns of decay, but you know, whatever we haven't been sued yet. So yeah. Shakespeare, <laughs> I mean, who reads it? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I appreciate it, and um, I'll tag you when this show's up. And again, thank you again for hanging out. Thanks for having me, dude. Appreciate yeah. it. Yes, sir. Enjoy your wonderful weather up there. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> Later, man. Abby K, better off.
Secret. The